Good morning. Welcome to Houghton Wesleyan Church on this wonderful May 1st. Such a blessing to be here with all of you this morning. Um, I'm glad that there is a little bit of sun out and not a snow. That's great for the southerner. Um, If you all will please stand me for the call to worship. Let us worship God who reconciles us to himself through Christ. Let us worship God as Christ's ambassadors. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful morning that you've provided for us. Thank you for the time that we're about to have worshiping you, Lord. Thank you for the fellowship that you've provided us with in each other. And thank you for the blessings that you will continue to provide for, through us, for us through the day and throughout the week. And we pray that everything we do, God, be a reflection of you. We love you so much. Please continue standing for the hymn.
Amen. What a great joy to come together and to proclaim these truths about our Savior. So glad you're here uh, as a part of this worship service this morning. I want to invite you to take a moment, uh, greet others around you, introduce yourself, share a word of peace with others here in worship today. On May 22nd, is, that Sunday morning, is our annual election of leaders, and we have a, a draft ballot posted around the church. Uh, if you would like to see or nominate at least some folks, other folks, to be on that ballot, uh, let me know in the next couple of days, and the next Sunday will be the final ballot with the elections on the 22nd. This Saturday is our uh, annual work day, and uh, this is a day when we do our best. So hopefully the weather will be good, and we can work outside, and uh, we... Uh, try to get a lot of things accomplished. Um, You may or may not feel like you have uh, horticultural skills, but that's okay. I don't either, and I just come, and they tell me to pull weeds or things like that. So, uh, but there's there's always donuts and coffee and juice, so that's an attraction as well. So if you can come anytime Saturday morning to help out, and uh, it's a lot of fun. You You often get to talk to people you may not have a chance to visit with very often as we work together. So let me invite you to participate Sunday, Saturday morning. Uh, for a work day. Uh, there are a couple of inserts in your bulletin. The youth group is, is uh, participating in the 30-hour famine again this year, and you see information in the bulletin about how you can help them and participate. There are a couple of also some things about children's ministries. Uh, we do need some more people to help with children's church during May and June. If you're able to help with that, that would be uh, terrific. You can let Emily know or the church office, and we'll uh, get you in contact with you about some dates. Also, this uh, June is our uh, general conference where delegates from all the Western churches around North America come together once every four years, and this year it's in Buffalo. And so we're right in our backyard, and so uh, Global Partners is bringing home all of their missionaries uh, the few days preceding general conference, and they will be here in Houghton. And so we are wanting to do some things to support them and support that effort. And we have, uh, one of their needs was child care, so we're helping with that. If you can help with the child care during the days, or at least one or more days, you see information about that. We also are collecting uh, items to help out with the child care. Some sports equipment, some things that would be that you might naturally need when you're taking care of a lot of children. So if you can help in either of those ways, that would be greatly appreciated. It's a way of supporting our missionaries as they come together to, uh, for this time of learning and fellowship and inspiration. The Old Testament reading today is Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
This morning, the choir will be singing a marvelous arrangement of the hymn, When in Our Music, God is Glorified. And I will invite you to stand for the final stanza and sing with us. standing as we prepare to receive our tithes and offerings and sing the doxology together. Father, we 
find it difficult to fully express our gratitude to you. We do so with instruments and voices, our hands, every part of our being, and mostly our lives. We give today in a spirit of gratitude because you have blessed us beyond what we could count or measure or fully comprehend. Thank you for your goodness. We offer these gifts to you through Christ. Amen. It is because God is faithful that we can come to him with uh, our words of praise and we know that 
He rejoices in that. We can come to him with the confessions of our sins, and he is always glad to forgive. And we can come to him with our burdens, knowing that he is at work in our lives and in this world. We're going to share together the prayer of confession that's printed in your bulletin, and following that, uh, extended time of praying together. And during that time, if you would like to come and kneel at the altar rail, I would invite you to join me. Let's pray together. Eternal God, giver of every good and perfect gift, we bow before you, acknowledging our corporate sin and our need for corporate forgiveness. As your people, we have doubted your goodness. We have pursued the idols of wealth and possessions. We have lusted for power. We have spoken harsh words and ignored people who are in need. Most grievously, we have been consciously and subconsciously negligent to give thanks for your blessings. As your people, forgive us and lead us in the way of everlasting life through Jesus Christ. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for hearing our confession. Thank you for forgiving us and helping us. We come in this moment with the burdens of our hearts about our lives, the lives of others, our world. And we do so in confidence because we know that you hear us when we pray. This morning we pray for all who are struggling with relationships that are not what we would like for them to be. We pray for wisdom and for peace about the future that brings far too often a sense of anxiety and worry and burden. We pray for the financial needs of our lives. We may feel overwhelmed, uncertain. We pray, Father, for the, uh, the emotional needs that we experience. And we think especially of people who are grieving today. We know grief comes in a variety of ways to us. Bring your comforting presence in every situation. We pray especially for Mim Case and her family, the death of her father this week, and ask for your comforting presence upon her. We pray, Father, for all who are struggling with physical needs today. For Doug Bogdan, Barb Rangel, Bob Jobert, Laurel Buecher, Warren Woolsey, Bill Getty, Phil Muker, Mike Raybuck, Jill Tyson, Bruce Brenneman, Bev Rett, Micah Christensen, Linda Roth. For Dick Gould and Crystal Blake and Emily Cricklar. And for others who are on our minds and our hearts today. Father, we pray for the circumstances of our, of our church. And we thank you so much for the ministry of this church. 
all the ways in which our lives are, are better because of how we serve one another. And much of that, uh, the ministry of the church is behind the scenes that we don't even realize or think about. But we are grateful for those who serve in these ways. And we think especially of the people who run our sound system and, and put the slides on the screen. And we thank you for their willingness to serve and pray that your blessing would rest upon them as they serve. We think of churches around us. Today we pray for the Belmont Gospel Fellowship and Pastor Lyons. Pour out your blessing on this church and pray that they would bond to one another and that they would be a light in their community and beyond. We pray for our nation. We think of, again, the people of Flint, Michigan. We think of all the turmoil in the political scene right now. And we pray that you would bring peace and you would bring your people as words and presence of peace. Father, we pray for the greater world. We think of those who are refugees and ask for your protection over them. The end of war and violence that often creates the need to be refugees. We pray, Father, for our brothers and sisters who face persecution and opposition in their daily lives. And yet we are so grateful to hear positive stories, even in these difficult circumstances. We thank you for these Bibles that have been distributed in the Middle East. And we pray that you will work powerfully through your word as it goes forth, that it will not return void. But that people will see you and find you and turn to you and have their lives transformed through reading your word. And Father, we thank you for the ministry of John and Carolyn Miller. Many years of service in Southeast Asia, working with Wycliffe. We thank you for what they are continuing to do, even in a time of transition. Continue to bless their lives and their influence, their mentoring, all that they are doing to serve the kingdom. May your grace be evident upon them. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for your grace in our lives each day. Be glorified in our worship and in all that we do. And we ask all of this through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the risen King and one who's ascended to be with you and has promised to reappear. And the one who teaches us the model for prayer, which we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. New Testament reading this morning is from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. It is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. If you've looked at your bulletin, you see that the rest of the order of the service is a little different than normal. We wanted to um, do something to to honor and support our uh, college graduates. And so we decided that we would do things a little differently this morning. We have a couple of them who are going to share a bit of their faith journey with us today. And we're also going to spend some time praying for them a little bit later. So I, I, I'm convinced that it is good for us to hear what God is doing in people's lives. It is an encouragement. And so we get the privilege of hearing from a couple of our college graduates this morning. Good morning. My name is Chaz Ormond. I am a senior, obviously, from Houghton. Um, And I came in two years ago as a transfer student from Jamestown Community College. I'm thankful for this privilege to speak here tomorrow morning. And I want you guys to keep in mind uh, Proverbs 13.20 for the next few minutes. It says, Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. So two years ago, I was accepted to Houghton. And in an introductory meeting, I was told that Houghton would change my life. (laughs) And so far, it has. But it all began with a simple prayer. I had asked God to put someone in my life who could mold me into the person that he wanted me to be. When I first came to Houghton, I'd been really unsure as to who I was as a Christian and where I would even fit in in a church in this unfamiliar territory. I actually remember for the first few weeks, I didn't even go to church. Um, And looking back, I'm really glad that I chose Houghton Wesleyan. I've never felt a church that was so fitting and accepting in my spiritual needs. When I first came to Houghton Wesleyan, however, I was at a pretty low point in my life because of a recent divorce uh, of my parents. And I'd sat in a balcony in order to avoid confrontation with other people. Uh, Trust me, I wasn't very outgoing. So, and I I even remember our first communion here, my first communion. By sitting in the balcony, I thought I was free from walking down through the whole church, just... (laughs) just to get a blessing from the pastor. However, when they called down the balcony audience, 
my heart sank. <laughs> I was exposed. And the people here might actually see me, I thought, as I walked hesitantly down the stairs. Today, I can say that I'm thankful to take communion here, and I'm honored to tell you all my story. So, by now you're probably wondering who this life-changing person is. Well, I have to say there's not one specific person. But God has blessed me with many people who I will always remember. One in particular is a girl I met when I first came to Houghton. She was probably the first person that I considered my friend, though at the time I don't know if she felt the same way, because we'd only known each other for a few weeks. She's graduated now, but my friend Crystal Enriquez is someone who I, who I felt understood me from the start. Though our friendship was short, she was an example of Christ to me. She honored him in all that she did. My other example is a, uh, is a short-lived friendship with my freshman year, with my first-year roommate, Jonathan Mayer. He wasn't someone who constantly read his Bible or even prayer, prayed every day, but his faith was evident in his actions outside of chapel and out of Sunday morning service. These people who are both graduated were only two of the people who have influenced my life and my faith to bring me where I am today. And I cannot thank them enough for the friends that they were to me and the impact that they have made. Friendship in faith is invaluable. A while ago, I had signed up for a prayer vigil by myself around 11 p.m. I walked in the church. That night, I walked in the church expecting a smiling face, waiting, someone waiting there to show me where the spiritual transformation, which I had played out the prayer vigil to be, would begin. But there was no one. I began to ask questions. Was I really the only one here? Was someone going to show up and talk to me while I was praying? Was God going to show up? My shyness was coming back. And I almost turned around and went back to my room. I mean, no one would have known, right? Because of my faith, and because of the faith that my friends have shown me, I was persistent in committing to the time that I had set aside for God. I knew that on the other side, God would, I would see God's love and his grace. So God had sent me to that prayer room to show me that he wanted me where I could hear him, alone. I felt pressure to be a better-looking Christian because of my friendship, but God only wanted my heart. God wants us to know his word. He wants, us to, he wants his word to be held in our hearts and he wants our hearts to be focused on him. When we are focused on the Lord, he will lead us to the right people around us in order for us to be shaped into the person that he needs. That's what he did with me. And I've learned that having friendships, having wise friendships, come from having faith. Having faith comes from letting your guard down to God in order to let God in. And then he can cultivate our lives on earth in order to give us and to share with others the everlasting life that is promised when we put our faith in him. 
I thank you all for your kind attention. May God bless you and keep you. Good morning. God has done some amazing work in me, especially throughout my time here at Houghton, um, and I'm so excited to share with you. Um, first, I'll give you some information about myself. I grew up close by on Nunday, New York, about 30 minutes away, for those of you that are familiar with the area. Um, I have a very strong Christian family, which was such a blessing. Um, I was the kid who would pull my classmates aside on the playground and ask to pray with them. Um, Usually it would go something like this. Hi, do you know Jesus? Depending on their answer, yes or no, I would say, okay, well, if you don't know Jesus, let's get to know him. Let's pray. And so (laughs) I was just a very outgoing child, and I still am pretty outgoing. Um, (laughs) And it was... um, 
something that I feel like I had a really, really strong passion for, but maybe didn't have a full understanding of until I was actually nine years old. Um, that's when I feel like I truly understood God's love. Um, I went through some really difficult things that a nine-year-old should never have to deal with, but I learned to rely on God for comfort, and um, I looked to him in that time. In middle school and high school, um, I kind of simply went through the motions, and it really led to an intense phase of doubt for me, um, which intensified even more senior year. Um, I was set to go to another college. In fact, I was 90% certain that I was not going to Houghton. I have very strong connections to Houghton, um, which didn't really sway my opinion either way. Um, But it was God who really swayed my opinion. So even though I was having this intense phase of doubt throughout my senior year, I knew that I should ask God about my college decision. And so um, I got my financial aid packages um, to Roberts. I know, right? Um, Roberts and Houghton. (laughs) And they were within $100 of each other. So I knew that it was up to me. um, And it kind of just felt like a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing. But I sat down. I prayed about it. And was like, okay, God, I'm not entirely sure where you want me to go. Um, It's pretty evenly split here. And five minutes later, I got a call from my admission counselor at Houghton. And I kind of took that as a sign. Maybe I should rethink that whole Roberts thing. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I ended up coming, obviously, to Houghton. Um, My first year at Houghton was actually really, really difficult for me. Um, But... Throughout my first semester, I rededicated, but I still had a lot of doubt, and my rededication was actually very, very dry, and it was just like a, I guess I should probably do this. I don't know. I felt kind of obligated to, um, but God totally honored it, and um, I was accepted to the summer ministry team, which at the time was not labeled summer ministry team because I would not have done it. It was actually like an admission conference team, and it also involved some ministry work, which I was like, "Eh, okay, I think I can do that. Um, But that was the time for me that really solidified my faith, and God totally knew that I needed to be there. Um, Within the first, like, ministry experience, uh, there was a speaker that was talking about apologetics, and it felt like he was speaking directly to me, and I just knew that it was where I was supposed to be, and it was... In an instant, I just felt like, okay, I rededicated my first semester here, but it needs to be an actual rededication. I need to be um, really making the commitment. Um, So sophomore year comes in, um, and like I said, I had a really difficult first semester here. So I buried myself in work my fall semester. I was working like five different jobs, um, and I was taking like 18 credits and... I was having a lot of fun, I guess, um, but it was, it was kind of crazy. And spring semester, God turned me a total 180 degrees. Um, he actually used um, some more difficult circumstances in my life to uh, really help me understand him and his love. Um, so... Actually, my grandpa, um, who I'm really, really close with, ended up falling down the stairs, and he's really, really healthy. Um, So it was totally unexpected. Like, he went on a 100-mile bike ride, sort of healthy, and then all of a sudden, he got the flu, was dizzy at the top of the stairs, fell down, broke his neck, part of his sternum, 
uh, cut his head open in a few different spots. I was really concerned that we were going to lose him, but he was okay. Um, But I just felt like this tension in my spirit that's really hard to explain. Um, But it was God trying to point me to him. And I didn't understand it, though, until um, I turned to all my family and my friends, and that tension still didn't go away. And um, this entire time... I didn't turn to God, and um, then I asked my mom. I was like, Mom, okay, you're not that far away. Can you come out to have dinner with me? I think I just need to see some family members. Um, And so she was on her way. The car broke down, and um, so I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to sit in my room. I don't know. I'll just pout. And (laughs) um, it ended up being my roommate came in, and she had just gotten a new devotional book, and she said, Brittany, we should get a group of people together and do devos. So I was like, okay. And um, the first couple of sentences of that devotional were talking about how in all circumstances, good and bad, we need to turn to God. And it was like, light bulb. I never turned to God. And once I started turning to God, it was like this whole world opened up to me. Um, he started placing, God started placing mentors in my life. Um, he started really just working, um, awesome things in me that I never knew, um, like the gift of leadership, um, mercy, and it was just an incredible experience for me, and I grew so much. Um, And summer ministry team especially was when he really grew that leadership. Every single camp that we went to, normally I have a co-counselor, but for whatever reason, it was to show me leadership and um, to help grow my faith, but each and every camp, except for two of them, um, so eight all together, I was by myself leading. Um, for one, my leader, my co-leader got sick. Another, my co-leader had to leave because of an emergency. And the one camp that I really realized what God was doing um, was when we didn't even have any campers. It was actually Family Refresh Camp, um, for those of you that are familiar. And so we were just kind of working with um, the teens only for the games and activities that they were doing. And um, so it was just me as the team leader and another team leader um, with the students. And um, my co-team leader ended up breaking her toe, getting bronchitis, and saying, Brittany, you're going to be team leader of both student teams. I was like, I'm sensing a trend here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, And then junior year came. um, In the fall semester, I am normally a very, very happy person, um, but I actually went through a season of depression, and um, that was really, really difficult for me. I was an RA that year, and it just felt like I was constantly giving of myself but not receiving anything. And um, spring semester, at the very beginning of the semester, I said, God, I cannot take another semester like that. I cannot handle it. Um, and throughout that entire semester, um, he kept placing Isaiah 40, um, in my path, which was just incredible. Um, for those of you that don't know it, it's, um, do you not know, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow tired or weary. Um, in his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the, to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Um, and I just totally gravitated to that verse and um, clung to that verse that semester and felt totally refreshed. Um, and then 
he started opening up, God started opening up some ministry doors, and I started to kind of see how all of a sudden from my freshman year to my junior year, how all of these ministry things had kind of lined up, and I didn't even realize it. Um, And I ended up doing a um, semester at Orchard Park Wesleyan Church, where I was the youth pastor intern there. Um, And I kind of gave God a checklist to make sure that I was supposed to do it, and I was like, okay, if this is supposed to happen, then I won't have to pay for gas. I will have um, one day that it is all, like, all of my duties can be on one day so that it's not, like, a crazy schedule, Um, and I'll be able to use a car other than my own so that I am not, like, broken down on the side of the road in Buffalo or something, (laughs) and all of that worked out. So I ended up doing that, and then um, this year is really when um, God started solidifying my call to ministry. I still am not entirely sure what it looks like because I don't think it's a pastoral call, Um, but I am the youth pastor intern here, so I'm working with John Cole, um, and I've been here for this whole year, and it's been an incredible experience, and I want to thank the people um, here that have really had an impact on me. through the youth group and through other ministries that I've been a part of here. Um, So I am, for the next two years, going to be working at Hamburg Wesleyan Church um, with their residency program uh, and youth ministry and outreach. So I'm really excited to see what God is going to do, and um, thank you for listening to my story. Thank you, Chaz and Brittany. Uh, We appreciate you sharing it can be a little intimidating to stand up in front of a group of people and share. I appreciate you guys being willing to do that. Thanks for sharing your stories. and um, It's exciting to hear how God works in people's lives. As I said, we're going to spend some time praying for our graduates, uh, those from the college here as well as other graduates from other institutions that are connected to us. We're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to experiment today. We're going to ask you to divide up into little circles of people, little groups of, of maybe four, five, six, something like that, where you're seated, and, um, and pray. And we would love to have uh, a student in as many groups as possible. So if, um, if your students are kind of clustered together, maybe you could be willing to divide up a little bit and move to another group of people. But we want to gather around you, pray for you. So what I want to encourage you to do is uh, to get into groups and then we'll make sure there's at least a student in as, in as many groups as possible. And uh, introduce yourselves, let the students tell a little bit about themselves, maybe some things that, a couple things that might, they might be really interested in you praying for them about. And then we'll pray together. If you're watching on streaming, I encourage you to where you are to pray uh, for students, maybe in a general way. If you don't have students in your group, we have some cards uh, with some names of students on them, some graduates on them, and we'll give those to you, and you can pray for them as a group. And I also recognize that not everyone's comfortable praying out loud in a group of people, which is okay. Uh, everybody doesn't have to pray. You may be in a group where no one wants to pray out loud in your group. That's okay, too. Just sit in silence and pray. And God hears those prayers just as much as if we speak them out loud. So um, we're going to just divide. Go ahead and start dividing yourselves up as you're seated. Uh, you may need to move around just a little bit, but if we could get students here, uh, if you could uh, maybe just move to uh, one student in a group if possible, and we'll start working around. So just start making your groups and start gathering with folks and uh, 
talk and pray.
Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for hearing our prayers today. Thank you for every one of these graduates and others that may not be here in this service today. We pray your anointing and blessing upon each of them. May they know that they are loved by you, by us. As they move forward into the next stage of life, give them wisdom and peace and guidance and strength. Keep them close to you. May they remember this time this morning. And may it, uh, may it give them uh, be a source of, of grace and courage and, and staying connected to you through all that life brings. Thank you for each life here represented. Be glorified. And may they know that they are your beloved child. And we ask this through Jesus. Amen. We do have a um, just a, a small token of um, of our a remembrance that we want to give to graduates. We have uh, some bookmarks that we've made with some images of the church, sort of in the background, and the ironic blessing printed on that: "The Lord bless you and keep you." Something we say often at the end of our services. So if you're a graduate, lift, raise your hand so we can make sure you get one of these. We want to uh, give them out to all the graduates. And as you look at that, uh, just remember that we, are, we have prayed for you. We will continue to pray for you. You are loved and cared for. And uh, hope that that will be a source of inspiration for you. Everyone get one? All right, I'm going to ask you to stand as we uh, sing our closing hymn, it's this hymn of, of great um, promise, of God's great faithfulness.
receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.